0: While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We're
1: starting a new series today called Why Not You and Why Not Now? Tell somebody, why not you? What's your excuses? Why not you? you always looking at other people with, with, with adulation, like, oh, they're so great, and they're, they're, so, they, they're such an awesome person for the kingdom of God. But my challenge to you over the next couple of weeks, and please don't miss a week. Please do not miss a week because it's going to be something that's going to challenge you. You know why? Now, you would think, well, why don't you move on to something else, and haven't we heard something that's a little motivation? You know why? Because we are at the almost at the end of February. And what happens is all those promises, all those, rev- all those resolutions that you made in January, you know, all the things that you got excited about and I'm going to do this and this is my year for this and this is my year for that. Well, just about now, gravity starts kicking in. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Gravity starts kicking in, meaning the emotional high is worn off and now you're at the place where it's time to start doing the work. See, things aren't going to happen just because you declared something at the beginning of the year. You were excited. And 2017 is my year for this. Yes, it can be your year for this. But Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now nah unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundant above all we can, think, uh, we can ask or think, but it is what, y'all? According to the power that works in you. Meaning that the degree to which God is going to be active in your life in this year is totally predicated on the level and the degree to which you take action. And so, what the devil does, he say, "Okay, I'll, I'll let you declare some things at the beginning of the year. I'll let you be excited. I'll let you write some things on your prayer in your prayer journal. But just get—I've seen this movie before. Just give him a couple weeks." Let a, let, a, let a little hardship let them act up on their job let the let the husband start acting up let the children act up and they're gonna forget all about those declarations and they're going to turn and they're going to return back to earth but tell somebody that will not be me this year i'm determined that i'm not going to go through 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 the steps i'm not going to go through the regular calisthenics of the year where i get excited and i go through all the things and and then and then by the end of the year i'm just thankful that i made it the devil is alive Jesus said in John 11, and I believe 11 and 11, that that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come. That you might have life, and that you might have more abundantly. Jesus came for more than you just to exist, and then on, on December 31st to be saying, I'm so glad that I just made it. God called you more than just to survive this year. He called you to thrive in this year. Tell somebody I'm going to do more than just survive. Tell them I'm going to thrive this year. And so today, my challenge you over the next couple of weeks is to convince you, why not you? You looking at other people, admiring them, and God is saying, why not you? You got the same blood of Jesus that's applied to your life. You got the same Holy Spirit that dwells in you. You get the same opportunity to ask the Father what you will. Look somebody in the face and tell them, why not you? Why not you? you? What's your excuse? You have no reason for it. And so today, I need to convince you. that's That's the title of the series, but the title of the message today is, No More Waiting on Superman. Tell somebody, no more more. waiting on Superman. Can I tell you, people of God, that you are who you've been waiting on. I'm going to let that sink in. Nobody's going to break through the clouds. Jesus said on the Calvary that it is finished. That means that everything that he needed to do to give us access to the power of God to live the most victorious life. Tell somebody there's nothing else he needs to do. It's finished. He's done everything he needs to do. He, he fulfilled his purpose. The rest of it is up to us. And so my challenge today in the next couple of minutes is to challenge you to realize that you're not waiting on some hero. You're not waiting for a knight in shining armor to come and, and slay the dragon for you. You are who you've been waiting on. He told his disciples, Well, I'm gonna give you power above all the powers of the enemy. You're gonna tread upon scorpions, you'll be able to pick up snakes and won't even harm. You'll be able to drink deadly poison. Oh, because the Holy Spirit, the comfort that I'm going to send back, is going to empower you to do supernatural things. Tell somebody, no more waiting for Superman. He told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 and 5 this. He told them this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. Now, this is true. He's talking to Jeremiah, but we as Christians, believers, we can apply that if if God knew Jeremiah, he knew you. And what he designed for you to do in this earth. How many know we all came with a purpose? And the quest of our life is to find that purpose. And once we find that purpose, then the quest of our lives becomes to fulfill that purpose. Like I say all the time, I want to leave this earth empty. I want to leave this earth empty, knowing that I've done everything that I was assigned to do. Do you not know the miracle it is that you got here? When your father and your mother got together, do you know the millions of sperm that were racing to get to that egg? And you are the one who won. There's a purpose to you being here, people of God. You're not here by happenstance. If God didn't want you here, you would not be here. It would have been another sperm that got to that egg to be another person. But he created you with your ways. He told Jeremiah, I knew you. He mean I knew I knew your good ways, I knew your good attributes, and I know your crazy ways. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Tell somebody, he knows you. So don't try to fool him. Don't try to do a snow job. Some of us got a good gift to but We try to think we can talk God into something. No, he knows you. Meaning he knows what you can take. He know what he put in you. And what he puts in you, he expects to withdraw from what he deposited in you. Amen. Psalms 139 and 1 says this. This is David. He's saying, Lord, search me. And know me. You know when I sit down and you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar off. Tell somebody, he knows us. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. He knew when you were created, you'd have a hot temper. He knew you would be a person that wouldn't like conflict normally. All of our ways. Tell somebody, he knows all of our ways. For you formed me. In my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. See, knitting, knitting takes meticulous time. That means he knitted us together. Meaning he shaped and formed you. Unique and special. There is nobody else like you. Nobody else has your fingerprint. Nobody has your eye signature. Nobody else has your DNA. Tell somebody, you are unique. He knitted you together. And made you a masterpiece. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, for my soul knows it very well. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to get to a place where we are so appreciative. How he made you. Let me tell you this, people of God. And I don't have this on the screen. But how he made you is not a deficiency. I don't know why God is pulling me this way. Maybe somebody is low self-esteem that I wish I wasn't like this and I wish I didn't. No, he made you on purpose like he made you. And David right here was able to appreciate. Now David was messed up, y'all. He had a woman problem. He killed somebody. He, he had all kind of stuff that was going on. But he said, nevertheless, with all my failures, with all my proclivities, with all of my idiosyncrasies that are just crazy. How many of you know we can just be crazy sometimes? He said, I still consider myself fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm a master's original. Tell somebody, you are a master's original. Be proud. Of who and what God made you. Because guess what? You don't have another option. What you going to do? What you going to do? I can't change my skin color. Hair turning gray. I guess I could dye number eight black. But ain't nobody going to do all that. (laughs) So what God wants us to do. He wants us to start embracing who he made us. Stop wishing you were a, Sister and such and such across the street. And stop wishing you were the family with the 2.3 kids and the dog and the picket fence. God made you the way he made you. He knew the way you would take. He knitted you in your mother's womb. You are, you are special. You are original. And that's who God wants to use. He wants to use who you are, not who you pretend to be. Not who you wish you were. He wants to use you. With well, your messed up past, and your three babies out of wedlock, and your divorced marriage, and all in your and, and, and your messed up credit score, and your messed up uh, doctor's report. Doesn't matter. He wants to use you. things. See, that's our problem. As soon as I get this, as soon as things line up, as soon as the moon lands up with the scars, as soon as the Big Dipper crosses Haley's Comet, then I'm going to do no. Now is this is the acceptable year of the Lord. If you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? There's never going to be a perfect time to do what he's called you to do, people of God. Even Jesus struggled with it. See the garden of Gethsemane, he said, "Lord, is that is there any other way?" He knew all along for thirty and three years that he was born to die. But when he came with the grips, like, man, it's really here. I gotta do it. Is there any other way? Like, can I tell you what God told him? And I'm paraphrasing. There's no option B, Jesus. There's no option B. And can I tell you, people of God, the only way you're going to be fulfilled is if you get rid of option B. There were no alternative endings. You know, alternative is a hot phrase nowadays. There were no alternative endings. You know, they start to make movies now where you come to a section... And based on what you choose, they've already recorded a couple different endings. There was no alternative ending. God has a path set for you. You have a destiny that you must fulfill. You have people that you must reach. And there was no option B. John 15 and 15 says this. I do not call you servants any longer. I'm just reminding you of a couple things today. He says, "I I no longer call you a servant. For servants do not know what the master is doing. Look at this. But I have called you my friends. Because I have revealed to you everything that I have heard from the fathers. Who do you share your deepest secrets with? Your friend. Jesus is saying you are no longer a servant of mine. Even though you are doing my will and you're working my agenda. But I call you friend. Here is what qualifies and makes you a friend. The fact that I tell you the secrets what the father tells me. You are a friend of God. You are not some pauper. You are not some lowly servant in the back of the room. You are not Cinderella. You are not some stepchild. You are a friend of the most high. And because of that, Jesus said, you have not chosen me. Even though you came up one day when the, when, the, when the preacher asked you and God pricked your heart and you came up, you think you chose him. But Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I have chosen you. And in addition to that, I have appointed and placed you and purposely planted you. Wow. Wow. I'm going to read that again. So you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. This is in the Amplified. But I have chosen you and I have appointed you and placed you and purposely planted you. Tell somebody I've been planted. You've been planted in that family. People say we can't help who you're born to. And that's the truth. Choose your friends, you can't choose your family, can you? But tell somebody, I've been planting. And the only way you grow, you're going to grow is if you stay planted. Stop covering the other pots that you want to get in covered in the other grass that looks green on the other side. The only way that you're going to grow to the full measure of what God created you is if you embrace the soil that he has you planted in. Wow. He told Israel that I'm going to make rivers in the desert. So it doesn't matter if it's rocky soil when the favor of God and the blessing is at work, he will make something that is barren flourish. The true miracle that God's hand is on you it's not that you're flourishing in the times where it looks like you're flourishing, it's the fact that you flourish in times of drought, is that you thrive in conditions that would kill other people. That's the true miracle, that's when God gets His greatest glory because you got to be in something that looks adverse in order for God to show that He's God. Because if, if everything, if, if, if every day was a sunny day, if every day was a mountain experience, how can we ever prove that God is God? Tell somebody, embrace what you're planted. Stop wishing, Lord, we look, you nagging God like a neck. God, I can't make to get me out of here. Let me learn my lesson so I can get out. Shut up and endure hardness as a good soldier. After all, you say, Lord, I want you to use me. You remember that, don't you? Remember we just saying, Lord, for your glory, I'll do anything. But when you sign that, you literally signed a blank contract to say, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll go through as a good soldier. And just like we talked about Job, I will not curse your name. Though you slay me, I'm still going to trust you do you take away all my earthly possessions. The cattle and the hill belongs to you. And I'm suffering for your cause. And when you get ready, you're going to deliver me out. And you're going to elevate me. You're going to graduate me. And you're going to reward me. Because I went through without complaining. Tell somebody, embrace what you're planted. This is why he chose us, y'all. This is why he planted us. Look at this. So that you would bear fruit and keep on bearing. Look at this, y'all. I can preach this, this part right here just alone. And that your fruit would remain and be lasting. The first thing, he, he planted you so that you can bear fruit. And so that you can keep on bearing. See, the first thing God told Adam and Eve in the garden is be fruitful. <laughs> Meaning produce after your own kind. Oh, God is, so, see, God is so wonderful. That within the apple, he produced a fruit that somebody could consume, but he also pr- uh, created in inside of it its own mechanism to have its own seed so that it can multiply after its own self. So God wants us not only to, one, bear fruit, but keep on bearing. See, we think being fruit is just one. See, just because you got one apple on a tree don't make it a fruitful tree. It's not considered a fruitful, healthy, plenteous, vibrant tree unless apples are all on it. And to which I can extract from that apple seeds to which I can plant more. And that one seed turns into a whole other plant that then multiplies and it exponentially does. Only God can do that, y'all. And God is saying, not only do I want you to bear fruit, but I want you to keep on bearing. Tell somebody, keep on bearing can I speak to my senior, my elder people in this place? Your days of bearing are not over. You thought, oh, my fruitful days were in my 30s. Boy, you should have seen me then. I was doing this and I was doing this for the devil. and I mean, I was doing this against the devil. And I was slaying demons. Can I tell you, people of God, that your bearing days are not over? His wish for you that's the reason he made you a friend that's the reason he planted you so that you would bear fruit and that you would keep on bearing and look at this and that your fruit will remain and be lasting anybody ever got some fruit from the store that didn't last them about two days like there's some cheap stuff I don't know what the, where they got this from his desire one, not one, not see, it's one thing to bear fruit, it's one thing to keep perpetually bearing, and then there's another thing that your fruit remains. We're talking about legacy, people of God. That long after you go, there should be a mark that you walk the face of this earth, and that your fruit should be lasting, and it should remain. Then it matters that you graced planet earth. I want more than just a tombstone that says, born this day, died this day. The dash in the middle is where I create my lasting fruit. And God desires that if you embrace the soil that you're in, if you embrace the fact that you may be a peach tree, but you wanted to be an apple, well, you can't do nothing about that. You are who you are, you have what He gave you. Now start embracing what He made you and start bearing fruit. Amen. I want you to write this down I won't demand anything out of you. That I have not planted inside of you. This is what the Lord is saying. I won't demand anything out of you. That I haven't already planted in you. He knew you from your mother's womb. He knew the proclivities. He knew the talents. He knew your leanings that you would have. And God is saying. If, I'm, if you feel the pressure of a demand. It's because I know that there is a supply inside of you. See, that's, that's where we are a lot of times. We're in that place of tension between, God, do I follow after and do what you said do? Because it's going to cause me to do this and it's going to cause me to go through that. God said, I wouldn't have made a demand if I knew you didn't have the supply. Because I put it in you when I weaved you together. So I'm gonna put a little bit of this in here. I'm gonna put a little bit of that. In. I'm gonna put a sense of humor. I'm gonna put somebody. Some, some of you, some of you, good with numbers and organizing and all that stuff. And some of you can 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 walk in a room where people are are struggling with stuff and you can solve it. God said, "I weave those things together." He said, "Now is the time." God said, "In this year, I come." And, 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 and anybody know anybody know about stocks and options? There comes a point after you buy a stock and option that the time expires on it, and then the people who 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 gave you that option for a price, they call it a call. Hey, that what you got from me, I need it back. It's time for you to render what you purchased from me. God said, I gave you talents, giftings, and abilities. And you don't need to be waiting for a hero to walk through the wall, somebody to break the clouds, except Jesus when he comes, but he told us to occupy and do business until he comes back anyway. But stop waiting for a hero. God, if you just send somebody to do this, and if you just give me favor with this person, God, no. God said, I need you are who you've been waiting on, man and woman of God. And it's time to move out. Exodus 2 and 11 says this. I'm just about finished. This is about Moses. This is where Moses is in Pharaoh's house. He's a Jewish baby that was raised, when they were killing babies, raised up in the house of Pharaoh. And one day he was standing around on a a balcony or something, and he said, many years later, Moses had grown up and went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. He saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After after looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. Can I tell you something? Here's what happened. That one kind of cuts to the chase but Moses was sitting there looking and even though he was in the comfort of Pharaoh's house he was a prince of Egypt there was something that resonated with him about the plight of the people that he knew that he was connected to and something did not settle right in his spirit It disturbed him. Can I tell you something people of God? And in his disturbance he found his calling. He found his purpose in his disturbance. You know why? Because the spirit that God had woven in him of the deliverer. It got awakened when he saw his people being abuse now he did it too early but the spirit of a deliverer was woken up in Moses can I tell you something people of God that the key to your purpose is in what disturbs you the key to your purpose to which God sent you here we are all to solve a problem, or oh, God would not have sent you here. But the key to your purpose see, I talk to a lot of people say, I don't know what my purpose is, and I don't know, I don't know. And when a purpose, when somebody doesn't know the purpose of a thing, they are subject and apt to abuse it. But the key to the revelation of your purpose is in what disturbs you. Something that disturbs your spirit. When I see it, it don't settle right with me. When I when I, when I sense it, when I come in a room, something just ain't right about it. It is out of alignment because God wove inside of you, inside of your DNA, inside of your emotional makeup that this is what I was created to do, and I am not going to be at peace until I make it right in alignment with what God called me to do. That's the reason our children are roaming the street, killing each other, is because they don't know their purpose. And when you don't know your purpose, you will abuse the resources of life, health, strength, relationships, and money that God gave you. You're married to that woman for a purpose. You had those children for a purpose. And when we neglect to identify our purpose, we abuse what God gave us, people of But Moses found his purpose. The key to finding your purpose is to is identifying the problem that you solve. So I want you to ask yourself, what was the problem I was sent here to solve? What was the problem in this earth that God sent me here to fix and to solve? Well, you all know the story of Moses. He killed the man. They identified him as a murderer. And he had to run out in the desert. Stayed gone for 40 years. 40 years he stayed gone. He was out there tending to his father-in-law's sheep and he saw a bush that was burning. There's nothing wrong with a burning bush in the desert. They catch fire all the time, but the difference between this one is that it did not become consumed. He encountered it and it intrigued him. The next key to embracing who who and what God made you, people of God, is what you are perceptive enough to see. In the hustle and bustle of the desert, he was perceptive and he saw that the bush was not burning. And then God, then God said, take off your shoes, Moses, for the ground that you're walking on is holy ground. He said, okay, God, I'll I do that. He said, I've called you to be a deliverer. You did it a little too early, but I called you to be a deliverer. I want you to go back to the house that you were raised in and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Can I tell you something, people of God? You don't choose your moment. Your moment chooses you. You don't choose your moment. Your moment chooses you. Moses came up with all all the excuses. Well, I stutter and I this and I that. He said, look, I don't care nothing about that. I need you to tell. And look what God told him to do. He, He told him to do something that was in an area that he had an impediment. Moses had a stuttering problem. So you would think that, you know, maybe he was strong or, you know, he obviously was good at fighting. He said, hey, I want you to go and wage war against Egypt. No, he told him to do the thing that he was least qualified to do. He told him to go speak and the man had a stuttering problem. Could it be possible, people of God, that your weakness is really your strength in disguise? The thing that you're least adequate in is the thing that God wants to use the most so that he can prove that he's God to Pharaoh. I'm a firm believer that God proves that he's God in adverse situations. And I believe that he's called you to speak to Pharaoh. one last scripture and I want to leave it with you 1st Samuel 17th chapter this is where David was feeding his brothers his brothers were on the front line fighting Goliath and his daddy sent him down there He'd already been anointed king. Samuel had already came and poured the horn of oil. And he went back to serving. Tell somebody he went back to serving. He went back to serving. He didn't start looking looking through the catalog to pull out his, you know, his robe. And this kind of robe I'm going to wear. this kind of ring, Practicing his king walk. He went back to serving his father. And his daddy sent him on the front line to take his brother some lunch. He said, what's going on? like, David, go back and tend the sheep, man. This is, this, is too, this is too big for you. And he said, well, hey, why is he talking like this? We're the people of God. Again, he got disturbed. He got disturbed. What was okay to other people put an indignation in his spirit. He got disturbed. He said, hey, what's going to happen to the person who handles this person? Oh, you going to get the king's daughter. He said, okay, that sounds like a good wage. He said, I'll do it. And, he, and they brought him over to Saul. And we're going to pick up at 32. It says this. Don't worry about this Philistine, David, told Saul. I'll go fight him. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win, Saul said. You are only a boy. And, he, 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 and he's been a man of war since his youth. Tell somebody, but. David persisted. I have, been, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the lamb turn if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Whew. I have done this both to lions and bears and I will do it to this pagan Philistine too for he has defied the armies of the living God the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the bear will rescue me from this Philistine and Saul finally consented All right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you can I tell you something, people of God? I want to leave this parting word, which as you stand to your feet, while everybody else was scared, while everybody was apprehensive, while everybody was looking after their own safety, David's disturbance. Would you listen to me clearly? David's disturbance outweighed what he saw in reality. He said, this disturbs me so much. I'm not caring that I'm just a little Rudy boy and this man been fighting all his life. I don't care about him being eight foot tall and I'm just a regular sized man. The same, because you know what You know what gave him this confidence? Somebody say Confidence. What gave him confidence is what he had been doing all along. He said, I was a faithful attendant to my father's flock. And when a bear came and got one of the sheep, I went after it. And when the animal turned on me, I grabbed a club and I grabbed him by the jaw and I clubbed the animal to death. What are you saying, Pastor Tony? I'm saying this, people of God. Let your history become your prophecy. Let what you've been through, people of God, let it be the building blocks. Here's what David was saying. He said, I've been here before. Have you ever had deja vu where you've been in a place where it looked the same and I've been here before, and I've seen that person. I I was sitting right here, and we were sitting in this coffee shop. Tell somebody, I've been here before. I've been here before, meaning this, that I've fought bigger devils than this before. And when I was going through the hardship, when I was going through the sickness, when I was going through the divorce, when I was going through the ridicule, it was just practice for my moment. It was practice from my motive. So I want you, people of God, to let the history, I don't care how bad your history is, let your history serve as your prophecy. What are you saying? The things that you have been through, all the hardship, all the trials, all the all the things where people have turned their back, let all Your history. Service your prophecy. That if the bear fell by my hands, and if the lion fell by my hands, he has taught my hands to war. If he kept me when I was tending his sheep. And this right here is going to give him glory. See, you don't realize the mundane things that you've been doing. The things that nobody has been seeing. The things that nobody has given you credit for. The things that nobody sent an email at work. The thing that nobody stood you up and gave you a gift card. The thing that nobody has ever seen has been training for your moment. He embraced the soil that he was planted in. Even though he was anointed king, he embraced the fact that right now my job is to serve and preserve my father's There's no more waiting for Superman. You are who you've been waiting on, people of God. I want you to hold hands with somebody beside you and begin to pray. Can we pray right now? That they have a realization. Come on, pray for that person. That they don't look at themselves as a grasshopper. That they look at themselves as a conqueror. And more than a conqueror. You are who you've been waiting on. There is no more waiting for Superman. It's time for you to do it. I put the gifts inside of you. I put the gifts inside. I anointed you from your mother's womb. I wove you together. I wove you together. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The thing that is disturbing you is the thing that I called you to fix. You are the solution. Can you pray? Come on, pray. Pray fervently. Come on, come on, fervently pray. you. God, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Come on, let faith rise in this room. That there is an S on your chest. There's an S on your chest. You are who you've been waiting on with supernatural power, supernatural authority. You are going. Ah, yes, God. You are moving. You are going. It. There's no more waiting for Superman. You are who you've been waiting on, people of God. Come on, pray faith in that hand. Pray faith. You can do it. You can't start the business. You can't raise those children. You can make that marriage work. With man things are impossible, but with God You can do it. No more waiting for Superman. No more waiting for Superman. Yes, God, we believe. Yes, you can do it. Yes, he anointed you to do it. Yes, you got the good stuff that it takes to to achieve it. You can do it. All things, you can do it. with the Lord on your side. Do it, man of God. Do it, woman of God. Be a builder. Whatever he called you to be, embrace it. Embrace what he made you. Efficiency is really your strength. Esteem are leaving this place. Spirits of abandonment and low self worth are leaving this place. You can do it. You don't have to be like your mama. You don't have to be like your daddy. You don't have to be like grandma that everybody got a broke up marriage. That everybody always got to be poor and being left all the days. The devil is a lie. You're going to break the cycle. People of God. Hey! Thank you, Lord. No more waiting for Superman. You are who you've been waiting on? You've got the investment of the kingdom of God inside of you. And you will not be fulfilled unless God lets you bring it out. Your purpose is to produce time to bear fruit and keep on bearing let your history serve as a prophecy your history is foreshadowing of what he's preparing you for every stumble, every ditch that you fell in every broken heart every closed door it is preparing you for your moment Father God we thank you Lord that your word has met us today it has grabbed us by the collar and it is reminding us that you created us for greatness You created us to perform the wonders of the kingdom of God, to establish your kingdom. God, thank you, Lord, for reminding us, Lord, the good treasure that you have sold, that you have planted inside of us. Lord, we let the cares of this life, we let the cares of this life get our eyes off focus of the purpose that you created us for, God. But today? Oh, we thank you, Lord, that your word is the entrance of light. And, Lord, when your word illuminates, God, we have revelation. Revelation is not something appearing out of nowhere, God. It is simply us seeing what was there all along. We thank you, Lord, that you have revealed to us that you have created us for signs, wonders, miracles. And Lord, we will no longer settle for the mere existence that we have been living from day to day, God. We will reach after the greatness that you have placed inside of us. Lord, we pray for the hand that we hold. We seal this word in the hand that we hold. And we declare that the seed of the word will accomplish. It will take in the spirit of the hand that we hold. And Lord, as we walk around day to day, God, we're going to pay attention to what disturbs us. For it is the key to our purpose to which you sent us here, God. And we won't turn a deaf ear to your voice, God. We will no longer be ashamed and begrudge the history of what you brought us through. But God, we're going to embrace who you made us. We're going to embrace our deficiencies, God. For it's in our weakness that your strength is made perfect. God, we thank you We bless you. And Lord, we believe that this is the dawning of a new day for us. That we are no longer waiting for a hero to step up on the scene. That we are the warehouses of the Holy Spirit and with you nothing is impossible. That we realize, God, that the S is on our chest. And that we're no longer waiting for Superman. God, we love you. We thank you. And God, we are so excited about what the future holds for us, God. Because we're going to go from glory to glory. From level to level. And from strength to strength. God, blow our minds on this week, God. Show us things about ourselves that we did not know. Show us things, abilities that we have that we were not aware of, God. Wake up things in our spirits, God, that have been dormant. There are some things that we put to sleep. God, wake them back up. Some things we put to sleep because fear of pain and fear of rejection and fear of failure. But today, God, we wake the sleeping giant up. We wake the hero up inside of us. And we cannot fail because you go before us and Father you are with us in all that we do God we bless you we love you, we receive this word, we nurture it and God we will be we've been hearers but we're going to leave this place as doers of your word in Jesus name we pray amen amen, if you receive this word I want you to clap your hands not for me But let God know you receive it. Tell somebody beside you, no more waiting for Superman. Come on, tell them, no more waiting. No more waiting. No more waiting. No more
0: waiting. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship if you are ever in the greater triad area we would love for you to be our vip for weekend worship experience on sundays at 10:30 a.m on behalf of pastor tony and the fellowship family thank you again for joining us and remember to love god love people and impact the world